Weatherproof paper. Hello. Hi, Merlin. Good morning, Dan. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you doing? Oh, it's Tuesday. It's the optimistic day. Optimistic day. This is the day you look forward to the most out of every week. I suppose. You know, I always forget it's the optimistic day uh, until it's Tuesday. And uh, can I tell you about one of my rituals I do? Uh, well, yeah, of course I want to hear your ritual. Are you okay? Yeah, no, I'm good. Okay. I was just, I just had to tweet out the the show and I, I, you know, I always admired BB King because mm-hmm. he was very open about the fact that he couldn't sing and play guitar at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, hmm. uh, oh, I, that is, that's very admirable. And then he'd stop for a second and he'd go, bow, no, 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 no. That's right. He could do that bending of fifth mm-hmm. on the G string, pardon my saying. He yeah. could bend it, he'd bend a fifth. And then he'd do that. He's doing basically bending the fifth, bow, now, and then down. And then he'd hit that little on the B string. Right. I've done that for th- almost 40 years. I'll never do it the way he did it. I saw him live. I saw him live in 1985. He'd stop singing for a minute, and then he'd go, bow, now, now, now. You also, you ever seen him, you've seen him live, right? B.B. Uh, King, I saw him one time. He had a blues yeah, festival. Yeah, but he'd do that thing. He'd be singing, and the band would be playing. And to make his point, He'd take, I think, his right hand, and he'd make a fist, and he'd go, and he'd hit it in his left hand. Now, when I do it, it sounds like I'm swatting at a no <laughs> When he did it, it sounded like it sounded like a god on Olympus. Yeah. The man was so big, and he, was, he invested so much in every note. But you, what you're saying is he would never try to respond to a co-host and tweet at the same time. That's not how you, that's not how you roll. That's not the blues. Right. No. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. It was a good show. We went, we stood outside, we stood outside the back door and we're like, hey, can we meet B.B. King? And they said, you know what? B.B. King's a pretty old guy and uh, he's not going to come out. So really, his entire life is defined by candor. (laughs) So we drove back to Newport Ritchie. There you you go. Yeah. That was in Tampa. Memory serves. Yeah. uh, 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 Yeah, the blues. Um, So what I do is, uh, I, boy, Dan, I'm really getting up there. I'm getting up there because I, I have to like, I, I'm basically, I don't know if I'm an old automobile or the person trying to start an old automobile in say February. Mm, when it's cold out. Cold out. And you used to have to do, they call it warming up your car. You don't do that now because we got fuel injection. Now, isn't that summer in San Francisco in February? Ha. <laughs> <laughs> one of my friends who lived there always used to say oh it's the opposite here when it's hot there it's cold February here. is still ra- the rain the rain times we okay. still have some of the rain times uh, depending I'll tell you man with this uh, with this global warming it's getting weird uh, this is the time of year that is typically uh, very very cold as people know it rains from like you know a lot of days December through February or so we get a we get a window of warm in um, maybe May Mm-hmm. And then it gets warm again. They get what they used to call a Native American summer. And so in October, it gets nice. It's real weird. It's real weird. So anyways, I, I, I get up and I go, oh, do, 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 do. And I stretch. Uh-huh. And I, oh, I go up and I micturate. <clears throat> and, I, and then I start, I start stalking around the house, talking to myself, talking to no one in particular, kind of talking to the family. And I'll say... Today is Tuesday. It is to oh Tuesday. Tuesday is the optimistic day. Mm. Tuesday we have camp and we have pickup from camp and we have an ordinary night. Now an ordinary night is my favorite kind of night because an ordinary night is where nothing is planned. 
And I'll, but anyway, I walk around and I'm looking for what you. Uh, oh, wait, pa- pause, 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 pause. Yes, you there. Is it is it a good night because nothing is planned and that means anything can happen, or is it good because nothing is planned? You don't do anything. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> uh, it's closer to the second okay. one. It's closer to the second one because that means there's nothing wackadoo that I have to plan around. Right. Yeah. Right. Because the thing is, I am, I am the supply sergeant. I'm the operations person. And so if anything is happening, I usually have to be the one who figures out what needs to happen and then has to right. do it. So that means we can have, uh, we can have pretty much anything we want for dinner. We can get delivery for dinner. We can, we can watch, keep watching the office We're back on the office. And you know, it just means, yeah, we got the, it's an ordinary yeah. evening, an ordinary night title. And, and, <laughs> and that, and that means that we have the ordinary things. We have the dining, uh, we have the shower, we have the bedtime. There's nothing, it's not, I mean, it's nice to have other things to do, but I love, it, it is a very optimistic day for me when there are a minimum of obligations. And to your point, yes, that does mean there are pop, uh, possibilities. That means there is runway. If something needs to happen, it can happen. If there's been a cock up and somebody needs to like get, get picked up at a certain time and needs to come stay at the house until mom can, that, that mom can pick them up or mm-hmm. dad or mm-hmm. other or guardian, uh, you know, then we can do that. We can do things like that. You I know do. what I'm saying? But Tuesday's an optimistic day. Dan, Tuesday lacks the valence that a lot of other days have. I don't know if I've ever explained this to you. I don't know if you have explained uh, <laughs> th- this detail of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you're doing all right? Yeah, I'd like to hear it. 156 best valence images in 2017. <laughs> Squeeze and pull and hurt my neck in 1988. <laughs> I watched that again yesterday like three times. Did yeah, I love you? It. It's, it's still pretty good. The movie as a good. whole is great. The scene is amazing, but the movie as a whole still holds up. There's so many times when I watch a movie first, we're talking, I'm sorry, we're talking here. We're doing, we're being obtuse. Dan and I are talking about the, I want to say 1987 movie Rain Man. When's it from? Oh, I think it's 1988. Oh, God. <laughs> I love you, Dan. We're talking about, talking about the 1988 uh, I go, I go, and I, it's the 1980 movie about automobiles and escalators and underpants and Judge Wapner. And uh, what gets dropped on the ground? Toothpicks. 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 How many are uh, there? 82, 82, 82. <laughs> which would be 246. How, how much would a box well, of those There's four cost? left in the box. How much would a box of those cost? About $100. <laughs> And uh, it is, uh, I think, arguably the even more so than uh, the one in his underpants with the socks. I think it's arguably the the quintessential early Tom Cruise. Oh, absolutely, yes. I mean, like people will say, "Oh, it was risky business," but uh, or even Top Gun. But to me, this movie is is really Tom Cruise at this this version of Tom Cruise at his Tom Cruise yes at his Tom Cruise is for this version of Tom Cruise there's also the yeah top top gun Tom Cruise is arguably again arguably the canonical you know cocky Tom Cruise now wait 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 personality. is it or is that a few good men you think he's cocky and I guess he's pretty cocky in that you're right he's got to to me to me more yes now I'm right? not I'm not being insistent about one hmm. or the other, I'm asking. I'm, I'm asking, no, you're the, asking question. the question. I'm putting it out there because huh. it, I don't think you men. get cockier than Tom Cruise in Top Gun, but I think that that a few good men is a more mature cockiness for Tom Cruise, and yet also 
an unintentional vulnerability mm. because he's kind of, he's really up against it in some ways in um, a few good men. Yes. You know yes, I, mean? I do. Um, he's, he's not up on that mm-hmm. wall. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. So Raymond, never... I know, also Raymond, I want to hear you, I want to hear you talk more about this because it is interesting. Uh, certainly we've talked about this here so many times. We've talked about this on Rectifs. I, I, this is actually going to be, um, it's, it's a topic on another show I want to do too, but you know, we return to a movie you haven't seen in a while. We've certainly talked about this and you go like, wow, that's as they say, problematic or wow, that's so dated. But then it's also interesting that there are movies that are incredibly dated, even in critical ways, and it still stands up. The one that always comes to mind for me is The Matrix, which I think is one, arguably probably one of the, I keep saying arguably, what's wrong with me? Jesus. Um, think about Matrix and how, how critical, the, one of the critical, arguably, critical plot points of that involves land, a landline phone. It's, it's very dated in, in that particular way, but it doesn't affect the right. movie because you go, okay, that was made, that came out in 1999. Yeah. Of course, they're going to have pay phones and landline phones. There's things about um, uh, Rain Man that are very dated, but I don't think it hurts. I don't remember it hurting It doesn't movie. hurt the movie. And this this is exactly the point that I, I wanted to talk to you about because I feel like if if you were to watch a movie from the, the uh, any any black and white era movie, even movies from the 60s and 70s that are visually, you can tell they're from the 60s or 70s, or any movie that that was made to be a period piece, those yeah. are the ones I find hold up the most. But when you start getting into the 80s and especially mm-hmm. the 90s, if you look mm-hmm. at things in those movies, late 80s, early 90s, and 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 into modern day, and I'll define modern day as there's movies that came out before 2007 when the iPhone came out, and movies that came out mm-hmm. after 2007, that is kind of a dividing line between <laughs> what what feels <laughs> yes. like a modern movie and what feels like a not. It didn't all happen immediately, no. but but so much about what, what 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 the small details of what would happen in a story. I have an example from something I watched all last right. night, but also just the entire critical plot point of you mostly ubiquitous access by by a couple years after that, a lot of people had a computer in their pocket that made them available to anybody else who had a computer in right. their pocket. Right. Anytime. Exactly. And, and yeah. you know, the, yeah. such a significant difference in the way people are available or unavailable to other people based on, can they be called? Can they be texted? And how many movies or how many TV shows or plots in general are reliant on the fact that, Oh, you couldn't reach that guy. And that guy didn't, you know, <laughs> He wasn't able to get the message or the, the woman was doing right. the thing and she couldn't reach the other person. And because of that, yes. you have a movie and that, you know, you, you couldn't you know? take a plain text. You, you couldn't take a plain text G zip file <laughs> that describes the plans right. for a battle right. station and send it over communication. You had to put it onto physical media, <laughs> stick that in a robot and then have the robot on like with some help from other people flee from people who want right. the plants so that you can take the <laughs> robot a different place in the universe using light speed travel. <laughs> right, which you have, but you don't have I know, I know. I know people have talked about this for a long time, but it beggars the imagination that the plot of a great movie like Star Wars basically comes down to, we needed a, we needed a fax machine or we needed like a, a Z modem. We, we basically, I mean, how, uh, sure, how, if you compress that, how big could the files be? Even if you're using uh, TIFFs, 
even if you're using TIFF files. You make that a right. And you know what? You make that a JPEG. It, then all you need to do is get the... All you really need to do is say, hey, there's going to be a port here that you can get into. But now I guess they had to analyze them once they got but to... But where's, uh, the, where's the like, encryption yeah. of the data? Once you have the droid, oh, we got the droid. <laughs> we got all the data now. Yeah. We got it all. There's no... I can encrypt, I can encrypt my laptop or my phone mm -hmm. and no one, pretty much no one can get it out of there. Imagine what they'd be able to do in that universe to encrypt something. Yeah, yeah. This is this. I'm sure there's been uh, numerous master's uh, theses in Hollywood Reporter articles about this. But you know, over the years, um, something we've all <laughs> Hollywood known, Reporter, as fans of Hollywood so Reporter, so entertaining. Uh, squeeze and pulled and hurt my neck in 1988. Eight. We're in our even in our barring some people like some real serious edge case weirdos, like truly imaginative wackadoo writers like. What, Philip K. Dick, or like, um, who's the Cthulhu guy? I'm, I'm spacing. What's the name of the Cthulhu guy? The H.G. Uh, Wells? <laughs> oh, God. Isn't, didn't he write that? Ridiculous. Oh, my God. He wrote the no, War of the Worlds with the... What's the guy's who's the, who's the Who's the racist who wrote Cthulhu? Oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh my God! HP Love. I was HP Love. <laughs> I was I was wondering if you were going <laughs> to get it. I hate you. I already, oh, I I already had you. the Wikipedia um, open to it as soon as you mentioned Cthulhu. See now I've looked at it and I'm doomed. Um, You're doomed because you saw those, into his eyes. I guess he looks like the guy from Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, <laughs> Jeffrey Rush, a real edge case. Yeah, you know who Jeffrey I mean. Rush. Uh, you know. To, what's his name? The the I don't think I don't think that's his name. You're thinking of the guy from the office. Right? No, you're talking the, McKen McKenzie the main Crook. bad guy, Je Jeffrey Rush. Right, Mc Mackenzie Crook. He was also he was in the office, and uh, he was also in uh, the Games of Thrones. Anyways, um, for for your garden variety <laughs> speculative science fiction stuff, you are you're you okay? So you can look to the past and the current of what is possible. Yeah. And you can look, you can then speculate <clears throat> or imagine how things will be different. And so once we were able to have radio send audio signals over a long distance, you know, that got people into some interesting ideas about what you could do with broadcasting. Mm -hmm. Television now has added a visual component. Once we have seen that, you know, Yuri Gagarin can make it in, Yuri Gagarin can make it into space and come back 1961, uh, you know, that opens a whole lot of new doors. But it is interesting that even into the 70s, our idea, one of the, some of the primary things in science fiction, at least the movies that I saw, were about space travel. And it's the most ambitious ideas about, you know, what if space travel but more? What if, what if space travel but too much? Like, you're able to uh, do these crazy things. But the thing that ev almost everybody missed mostly is that kind of internet-like communication over that same distance. And even, even in stuff like, I don't know, I'm guessing like Interstellar, even in some of these, it still becomes this huge limitation what you can do with long distance communication. Mm -hmm. But it, it feels like we miss the internet. We miss the idea of what would become the yeah. internet. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. Am I making no, any I, sense No, what at you're all? saying, I think. If I we could speculate about traveling physically long distances, but the idea of everyone being A, instantaneously connected, B, over long distances, C, ubiquitously, was not an idea that is still a critical plot problem in a way that's almost like a 17th century French play. The central problem of so many stories is the inability to have ubiquitous communication. Right. And, and it's something that, you know, it's, 
This is, I think, a limitation that we as people generally have when we're trying to predict the future or think about these other things is we look around at what we currently have and we say, what sucks about this thing that we currently have? So you look at your car and you say, what sucks about that? Well, carbon, it has to ride carbon footprint. It can't float. It can't can't just go up into the sky. So you know what? In the future, we're going to have flying cars that you run on, you know, little Mr. Fusion, run on, run run on, on trash. trash, literally, literally run and, on trash. And so, yeah. you know, th- and then you look over at your, you know, you look over at your uh, microwave oven and you say, wouldn't it be amazing if you could just put a little pellet in there and hit a button and boom, now you've got a big chicken and you can eat your chicken while you figure out how you're going to, you know, save the world. And it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's one of those things that like you, you don't think, what if I didn't need to eat period? Or what if I took one pill at the beginning of the month and I didn't need to eat for that month? I mean, I'm not saying we're going to do that or anyone would want to do that, but what if we could do, you know, that's, and that's the kind of thing we generally don't think about. And back then Mm -hmm. in the 70s, when Star Wars was coming out, we were thinking, of course, like we'll have cool robots and stuff because we got these kind of like robots were cool in the 70s. Of course, we'll have robots, Mm -hmm. but like we weren't thinking about these things that, that were current problems that had a very, very different kind of a solution. The idea of the internet, the idea of being able to send a message to somebody anywhere in the world instantaneously, like that wasn't even on our radar back then. But if you look how we got there, it makes perfect sense that that's where we are Mm -hmm. today. Uh, But they like, even, even just the concept of like a friend of mine, I was talking to him yesterday and he was saying, uh, we were, we were, we were talking about sleep and he was saying, oh, I slept great last night. Cause I didn't, I didn't look at any screens for the first time in years. I started reading a book and mm-hmm. you know, like he read a, like a physical, a physical book. And yeah. that seems. It's, if you haven't done it in a while, yeah, it, um, it's, it's, it's harder than it's you remember. It's weird that way, isn't it? It's, it's, it's hard. It's hard enough on a Kindle. It took me so long to get into Game of Thrones, and I'm still only halfway mm-hmm. through. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's so much harder than you remember because you're so used to to chalking up your day into a million little slices and glancing at a screen. It's, I mean, it's not, so, this sounds like some kind of stupid, I don't know, New Yorker article, Atlantic article, but it's true. It's really difficult. Usually, when I'm driving into work, all um, for the longest time, I used that 20 minutes as an opportunity to you know make a couple phone calls. Usually, I would talk to somebody. And recently I've stopped doing that and I've just, I might either listen to nothing or listen to music mm-hmm. or something. And instead of a podcast, instead of an audio book, um, I, I've, I've kind of switched it up a little and I'm like either listening to like just music, not the radio, but you know, something streaming. And it's, it's funny because like it really reminded me of being in college when mm-hmm. I used to drive and, and even before that, when I used to do pizza delivery in my first year of college and, and end of high school, I worked for Domino's and dro- drove around delivering pizzas. And I listened to music all the time. And like, that was my, that was what you did if you were alone in a car, because there was no streaming, there was no podcast, there was no, I mean, yes, cell phones existed, but they were for like doctors and, you know, people who had them mounted in their car, not, you know, pizza delivery guys making tips. And so all you mm-hmm. did during that whole time is like, if you really think about it, like I was essentially alone for four <laughs> or five hours a night delivering pizza, listening to the radio, listening mm-hmm. to cassette mm-hmm. tapes. And like, 
that was normal back then. But the idea mm-hmm. that you'd be in a car now just listening to the radio, like I don't know anyone that does yeah. that in 2019. Yeah, even like I, uh, a lift that I had earlier this were uh, on, I guess Sunday. Yeah, the woman was just just she was she she was listening to something on her phone. She was she was listening to like the the generic pop station locally. I was like, that's so interesting. Right. It's like like that's it's it's the there's. Um, oh God, what's that Miranda July movie? Um, are you anyone's favorite person or something like that? That's nobody's favorite radio right. station. Like nobody over the age of 12 is like, Ooh, I can't wait to go listen to the, the top 40 no. station no. or whatever. Like in, like in a million but I mean, years. That was a- like, you know, and I would drive, I would just listen, I would just listen to like driving home for holidays. I have so many memories of going down, um, like 19 what is it before it turns into 19, 19 or 75, like just, just, just listening to public radio all right. the way down. And it became like a ritual. Susan Stamberg does her recipe for cranberry stuffing. And like, it was this like a whole thing of like, I would just listen to the radio. And, it, and, and the whole concept about the radio and really what you're doing is you're saying, I'm, I'm entrusting someone else to tell me what I should listen to when I should listen to it and dealing with interruptions um, of, of commercials and stuff like that. And it, and there, yeah. and now we have this very, very different, I mean, think of our kids even, even more. So this, I was just, I was watching my daughter flip through Netflix and mm-hmm. I mean, we've got, we've got Netflix, we've got Hulu, we've got HBO, we've, you know, go, we've got, I, or now I don't even know whatever the one is you just have by itself. Yeah. The HBO yeah. one, but the terrible. Uh, yeah. And Amazon prime oh, so and bad. all these different places. And we've got Plex and she's flipping through this and she looks over and she says, there's nothing on TV. <laughs> and it was so funny. And then it's all, all you can do as an old man to go. We used to have literally three yes. podcast stations. Plus, not my case, an independent plus PBS. That's like right, and and you know, if you were lucky, you might have a couple <laughs> UHF channels if they came in. And mm-hmm. it, yeah, it was right. it, it's you know, and of course, back then, literally, you you could be a ten year old kid, and there would be nothing on TV for you to watch. Oh, hundred percent. If it was election night, hell, <laughs> you just could be watching John Chancellor for. Six but hours. even but even aside from that point, both of my yeah. kids are. They are going to say, I want to, I'm in the mood for this, or I'm in the mood for this kind of show. And then they find it and they watch it. And when they're done, maybe they find something Mm -hmm. else. You know, it's 100% user driven now, as far as what we watch, even though Netflix, when you come to the end of a season of something, it'll find something it thinks you want to watch and maybe make you watch it. But still it's all driven by us. We're not beholden to the great television Lords or the radio masters to tell us this is what's coming on. And this is, we're going to provide this for you. And, uh, and we're better than the other stations because, you know, we have a better lineup of songs or we're the one that has Casey Kasem or whatever. It's, it's so different now. Oh yeah. And that idea of like, there was no exclusive, there is no, or like there was no, well, I guess there's exclusivity in the sense that if you wanted to watch Murder, She Wrote, you had to watch, I guess, CBS right. or whatever. It's a different world. Uh, so, so two quick notes. Um, I don't know. I've, there's all these. So I watch a lot of Mike Schur shows. Mike Schur, you know, averse, sure averse shows. Uh, you know, my family loves Parks and Rec. We love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And, and, you know, we keep coming back to The Office, which is so good. And there's just, there's so many plots in those shows from the mid-2000s that involve phones and everybody pretty much had a flip phone. I'm thinking like, okay, there's the, there's the parks and rec where, um, 
where uh, oh god, what's the character's name? Where uh, Adam Scott? Where um, where you know, uh, what's her name is pregnant, but like he's drunk at the blueberry farm and his phone falls into a uh-huh. puddle. And then they meet the other Ron Swanson, you know, played by uh, Sam Elliott. But like his flip phone's in a puddle and it's useless now and he can't find out that she's pregnant. There's the one where Ryan comes back to the office and he's the mega douche who wants everybody to learn PowerPoint. And he gives everybody blackberries. Like that's, that's, an, that's a big plot point. And then like, like last night we were watching the wonderful episode. I think it's called Chair Model. And it's the one where, my, where Michael falls in love. <laughs> Michael falls, they're, they're, try, they're thinking about whether they should buy a new chair. And Pam really wants him to buy a new chair because if Michael buys a new chair, he'll get, um, she'll get Michael's old chair. It's like, it's, it's like, so, it's all so yeah. true. That's how yeah. it works in an office. And but anyway, they're looking at a catalog and Michael falls in love <laughs> with a model in the catalog and then finds out that she's dead. And it's, it's so goddamn funny. But there's a scene, and they have to. The, there's a there's a big dust up again. Oh, they're so on the nose. Uh, they're have they're everybody's mad because there's some remodeling, and now people from another company in the office park are parking in their spaces. And uh, but there's a scene where Andy goes, and, and so now they have to park far away. Is the point where Andy goes? Oh, I left my phone in my car, and I got to walk walk all the way back and get my phone. And I said to my I said to my wife, it's like you know, it's not unheard of. She especially, because she has you know a lot of stuff to carry, where she might have left her phone in her car. Can you imagine leaving your phone nope. in your car and <laughs> not nope. realizing it for like nope. three hours? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but okay, finally, then, then last note on this from me. Like, okay, so I, I just, while, while you're talking, I just wrote down a couple of things of what, what my family um, did last night, uh, which was a Monday night, Monday night, which is, um, if memory serves, we watched we watched some Survivor um, after she got home from camp. And then as a family, we watched an episode or two of The Office. And then after my wife went off to read um, and my daughter had, had her shower, I pulled up Infinity War because the second one, which I have not seen, mm-hmm. uh, comes out on streaming today. And I've been saying, oh, you know, we should we should go back and rewatch Infinity War so we can watch uh, Endgame. Neither of us have seen it. And so we watched, you know, maybe half hour, 45 minutes, maybe an hour of uh, Infinity mm-hmm. War. And uh, then she, she, uh, sometimes we'll watch a YouTube video before bed. So we went back to probably my all time favorite, my bim bam bit, which is called um, Detective Jigsaw. We watched that video. She, she brushes teeth, trots off to bed. I watched a Technology Connections YouTube video about the history of Toslink and optical cables and why they're good or bad. I watched a couple more YouTube videos. And then I watched the season finale of uh, Fleabag, season two. I can really recommend Fleabag. Okay. Does that seem like a weird night? That's not a weird night. There's nothing super odd about that in terms of like how a uh, family or a person in 2019 does what they do. But let's hit the brakes for a second and really look at that. She's able to come home from camp at uh, four and go... um, I'm going to watch a season of Survivor that's not on TV anymore. <laughs> I'm just going to watch a couple episodes yeah. of Survivor. Yeah. Okay, that's, that, 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 that season is not on broadcast right now. I know you youths out there are hearing this and going, why is the old man talking? Well, that's kind of weird. We did that. We watched, uh, because we watched it on Vudu, where you get 4K instead of uh, Apple. Oh, oh! by the way, I can watch my Avengers movie, and probably th- owing to Vudu and the relationships, I can watch Vudu, uh, watch, I can watch the, that Avengers movie in, I think, four different places, right? I own it in four right. places. I can watch that Avengers movie, 
where I bought it, which is on iTunes. I can watch it on, I can for sure, I can watch it on Amazon Prime because they have a partnership deal. I think I can watch it on Google Play, but I like to watch it on Vudu because they are consistently the one that has the higher quality version. Oh, did I mention <laughs> that the quality of this rivals what you would see on a big right. screen? It's better than the quality that you would see in a crap, for sure, in a, in a crappy like dollar theater in the ni- 80s or 90s, right? So I get to watch them. But you know what? Here's the other thing. When we're done and it's time to watch something else, I can pause it and it doesn't go away. It's all just there somewhere. I can watch it. The My Brother and My Brother and Me video, that's from something called a podcast that got invented a while back. And that's a fan-made video where someone animated a bit from a podcast and put it on YouTube. Oh, by the way, did I mention YouTube? It has all the videos. Uh, uh, I, I, uh, I watched the Toslink video on Technology Connections. Oh, by the way, that's on also on Patreon, where that is one of the four projects that I pay for on Patreon. What's Patreon? That's a way of supporting things like video and podcast makers. That sure didn't exist. And then finally, Fleabag. This is a show that was created, or in our case, I guess, licensed from a company that delivers packages to your house overnight. If you want a book or if you want uh, if you want a new mandolin for your kitchen, they can deliver it to you that day. And that's what Fleabag is. It's a show from England. It's a show from England that I watch on the streaming video network that also has the Avengers that is owned by the company that delivers everything to your house. Tell that anecdote to 11-year-old you. I mean, it's, it's mind boggling. I mean, if you really, really stop, isn't it a little bit, honestly, I know I'm old, it's Tuesday, bear with me. Isn't it just a little bit No, it totally is. It totally right is. Now, whenever you really stop and look at it. And on top of it all, for at least some large portion of that, I had an iPad Pro in my hand where I was able to look at a Jetson style computer in my lap <laughs> that I manipulate with right. my thumbs. I don't know. And it's all just so normal. It became so normal. So very, quick. very quick. The, t- the, the TiVo was such a revolution for me in 2000, 2001. And now, look, now, now, even now, look where we are. It's so weird. Yeah, I think about the TiVo and how uh, so many, and I think what was different about, th- like you said before, the little computer that we have in our pocket with us all the time, is that we went from not having that to having it and pretty much everyone having it in a very, 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 very short period of time, I would love yes. to see percentage numbers from when the television was first released into the public and it was, you could go mm-hmm. and buy it and buy one to, you could see it at your friend's house or watch it in a store. Right. Because right. <laughs> it was like seven. Yeah. But I want to see like when, when we <laughs> went from, there are no televisions to Everybody has a television and how that time period compares to there were no smartphones and now basically everybody has a smartphone. Oh, that's super interesting. Like an adoption curve. Yeah, I would love to see that because my hunch without knowing is that it was very, 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 very fast compared to adoption of TV or maybe even radio. Refrigerators? Refrigerators would probably... You got electric, you got electric... Electric power. Uh, you know what? If you tell me about something you're, you like, maybe I can find some information on technology adoption curves. And, and gosh darn it, with your permission today, I would like to, at long last, respond to listener Brad about adjusting to a I new I think that's day. a great idea. I told you I have to keep this one a little yes, short. Yes, perfect. Short. Uh, but it's an optimistic day. I feel this is a day that. where you go and get stuff done. Mm, I get things yeah. done. Well, let me tell you about Roan. In case you haven't heard about Roan, and I, <laughs> I don't say Roni, I say Roan. 
Do you want to hear my song? <laughs> my yeah, song. I want to hear the song you told me about. <laughs> Run if you want to. That's that's, that's all you're gonna give me. <laughs> all right. Run around <laughs> the world. If you guys haven't heard about Roan, you are missing out. Roan is a men's performance lifestyle and premium activewear brand that has been engineered for quality and comfort, and it's designed to be the best. And this isn't their stuff. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's a necessity for guys on the go. It doesn't matter if you are training in the gym or if you're, you know, like Merlin, you're, you're jumping on international flights left and right. And a lot of parkour. Yes. Mm -hmm. Whatever, whatever it is, this is your go-to men's clothing brand. And uh, before, before I continue, I want to mention the URL. It's Roan, R-H-O-N-E, Roan.com. And so I've got a bunch of stuff. Uh, from them, I'm I'm a guy that like I can get a lot of mileage. I can make a pair of jeans last decades, but when it comes to shirts, I I seem to burn through those things really really quickly. So for me, finding a shirt that has is really nice quality is going to last a long time and is going to be versatile. That's always been my challenge and. They have mm -hmm. so many really, really great shirts. One of them that I like, I'm not a big athleisure person. So if I can find a shirt that doesn't look like you're just supposed to wear this thing in the gym and then you're wearing it in the wrong place. So, but they have a great, theirs is called, my favorite shirt that they do right now is called the Element T. It is a t-shirt uh, and it's, it's made out of Pima cotton. I don't know what Pima is but I know that this shirt is awesome. It's lightweight. It breathes. I don't, I don't either, but I've enjoyed Pima cotton. I, I, that's the thing. I, I should find out. I should, I should source that because I've enjoyed some Pima. I love these t-shirts. That's a good kind you of You can cotton. work out in these, but you can also just wear them in your day-to-day -day life and they're not going to, it, it's not going to mark you as the athleisure guy. I have no problem with athleisure, mm. athleisure, but for myself, that's not the look I go for, but they have a lot that's, that's, really, really versatile like that. In addition, uh, they have a handful of polos with really nice classic collars that again, if you wind up, this is the thing I was, it was over the weekend and I, you know, we've talked about how I row and I thought, you know, I'm not going to get, I've, I've been, I've been wearing this, this, uh, this, this collar shirt already today. Roan is supposed to be so awesome. Let's see if they're as awesome as they say they are. Cause I had on one of their polo shirts. I said, I'm going to row. I'm just going to keep the shirt on. I'm going to see, I'm not going to change into one of the other short sleeve shirts. That's gutsy. It went fine. It went fine. What? It went really? fine. Okay. Huh. So the proof Ooh. is in the pudding and their pudding tasted good. So we'll leave yeah. it at that. Here's mm -hmm. the thing for the, uh, for the listeners. Oh, they want me to mention uh, the commuter collection. This is, their performance alternative to everyday workwear. They've got pants. They got polos, shorts, shirts. They're all lightweight. They're all comfortable. They're all wrinkle free. They're good for all weather, weekend, uh, weekday. You name it. Go check out their commuter collection, and you can do all that at roan.com. R h o n e roan.com/slash back to work. Just visiting. If all of our listeners just visited that URL. I'm not even saying that they'll probably wind up buying something because the stuff is really good. But if they just visit it, that supports the show. But when you're ready to buy something, use the promo code back to work, one word, and you'll get 20% off your first purchase. So that's R-H-O-N-E dot com slash back to work 
promo code back to work for 20% off your first purchase. Thanks very much to Roan for making this show possible. Thanks, Roan. Buck, buck. Boop. Now, before. Okay, I put a couple. But, 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 I, I put a couple but, links. I put a couple links into show <laughs> notes, and these are real good, but they're not exactly what I'm looking okay. for. I put a couple links in, and you can see this is uh, adoption curves for technology. Um, and they're really cool and super interesting, and they all make the same point, including front of the show, Horace Didu. Didu, 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 didu. Um, they, um... <laughs> 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 it's an optimistic... What I want, what I want, though, is I want to see this same, so all the graphs of that I can find of this uh, while Dan is discussing about rowing if he wants to, is, um, are based on a date. So on this date, this thing was, this came out, and then you see the curve against all of these. What I'd love to see is a view of this from, like, I don't know, first public release. You know, so, so like on Yahoo, where you can compare stocks from a given date, assuming that it was all the same, you know what I'm saying? Where you can go and say, okay, on this date, show me like the growth or uh, decline in this stock based on this date. So on this date, they all were the same amount for practical purposes. You know what I mean? I wish I could see, you can kind of see that in this smartphone pretty fast. I'm looking at the rising speed of technology adoption um, on a site called Visual Capitalist. Um, It's a pretty good interactive uh, graph. What are the really interesting ones? Wow, look at look at uh, tablets. Tablets jumped up fast. Interesting to watch landline go yes. down. Yeah, remember when it was time. still like avant-garde, like, hey, we got rid of our own phone line. What? You did? Well, and for and for us, yeah, my, my, my brother-in-law was like, how can you not, or my sister-in-law, I was like, how can you not have a landline? Yeah. And in, in the most comical of events, within an hour or so, they received one of their many, many, many spam phone calls that they get every day. <laughs> oh, yes. This is and a very poor, good my chart. Poor, my poor brother-in-law, who's so earnest, he's like, I told you I'm on the federal do not call list. Why are you calling me? And I was like, oh, what are you doing? You're paying, like, Comcast really wants you to have a phone. I think there must be some offset in the way Xfinity works where they, I don't know if it's a government thing, but they really want you to have a phone. It's like, I can't imagine. I do everything I can. I, I, I have four apps, five, four apps and four different services just to try and not get phone calls on my phone. Who would imagine I know, that? You know I, I know so not many. Bernard, he left his phone in his car. I know so many people that, like, they have basically gone to just their phone is always on do not disturb. The only people that can get through are people that they've added to their favorites and, and that's it. And like, well, that is why I, this is, I mean, it's so funny. I, Oh, you know what I should mention to you? I had a lovely uh, lunch date with, uh, with listener uh, Rachel yesterday. Oh yeah. 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 She wrote that nice note and then we talked offline, you know, and uh, yeah, it was really, really nice. And she's, she's now probably the seventh or eighth person to have seen my uh, private office. I still haven't seen yeah. it. Yeah. No, it's, you don't want to. It's a mess. I, I, get, I got some new plants. Anyway, um, she works at a technology company that has a retail component. And uh, she, I was like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. She's like, I can't believe you have the beta on your phone. <laughs> she, she's in a position to know what it means when people have <laughs> betas on their yeah. phone. And, um, and I, said, um, I said, you know, it's real dumb, but it actually has been mostly pretty stable. Uh, the, the, the single overriding reason that I put it on my daily carry and don't do that. Don't do that unless you have to write about it. 
I have to say it in that voice. I don't care. It's fine. Um, the reason I put it on there is I saw the, a new feature that was on iOS 13 that I needed. I, I, I cancel. I would cancel things to put this on my phone. And that is a new uh, button, whatever the iPhone version of a radio button is. You, you tick on this button and any unidentified or like basically any call that's not, I think, in your contacts, um, just go straight to voicemail. I mean, it's a brute. Yeah, that's a that's a, a, a harsh way to do it. But that's fine, you know. And here's the thing: I mean, I don't know how much great phone intercourse I'm missing, but if a number that I don't know calls me and then doesn't leave a voicemail message, I know this will bite me in the ass eventually. I I block it. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's it's amazing though how many times um, and with my with my um, array of, uh, of, of tools. I, I don't get nearly as many as I did a few weeks or months ago, but, but I will, sometimes one will get through where the AT&T level, the very high level, I guess, low level, the close to the metal service is like, you know, you can say, just send everything I don't know to, um, voicemail. And it's amazing when I go in and pop it up and the same, it's hilarious how often it's the same part of the transcription every time. It's something like dot, 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 wish to be in our do not call list, press mm-hmm. one. It makes it so easy for me. I mean, do you think when, when you get a call uh, and, and they say like a phone solicitor and they're like, usually it's like car insurance or some crap like that, or they're yeah. like your, your automobile warranty has expired for a car that I haven't owned in five years. And Oh, it's like from a real Yeah. Source. And, and like, yeah, they'll say press two to be put on our do not call list. Do you think that that's really doing it? Or are you just simply... Absolutely. I think it's, a, it's just as effective as an elevator call button or Twitter's see less often <laughs> right. button. I think it's extremely effective. Right. Or the button on the, uh, on the crosswalk. I don't even know how less often I'm seeing things, but boy, I know that yeah, must I don't work. think it works. I don't know. I don't know. Is it I like a know. confirmation um, of life, proof of life? Well, that's what they say. They say, be careful what, you know, they've been saying this for years. Be careful. Don't be too much of a smart aleck with responding to spam because all it does is let them know you're but I mean, you know, that's, I think it's really, it, there's in so many ways, it's time to update our idea about what these things mean. You look at stuff like, you know, I'm not against advertising. We just had an ad, but you look at, you look at the emerging information over the years about how much of ad stuff on websites and in apps in general, how much ad stuff is not really about ads. It's about data that the ad is kind of a Trojan horse for being able to capture mm-hmm. data. And then the latest thing I'm hearing these days is that like, oh, guess what? Like, even if you've never been on Facebook, Facebook still knows who you are. They can like <laughs> pentangulate information <laughs> about you, you know, by inference. Uh, I mean, it's not, it sounds paranoid, but like, you know, if you're on Facebook, well, good luck, have fun with that. But even like in my case, I've deleted Facebook, but people who've never signed up for Facebook, they'd never signed up um, for the photo app, um, Instagram. Like Facebook still has tons of information they're able to intuit about you. There's a story on um, Morning Edition this morning about uh, porn sites being able to like leak information about you, even if I guess even if you're not logged in. I don't know the details, but supposedly that now can be used to contribute information to profiles for stuff like Google. It's 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 all it's all so odd. And but I think anyway, the point being, I think that's true with phone stuff now too, where like we are we are now at a point where like uh, barring an emergency mostly not more than four times a year. Do I get a phone call? I didn't expect from someone who's not an old person. Right. 
It's very unusual to just get a phone yeah. call, which is a shame. The serendipity of phone calls, yada, yada, yada. It's all fine. Oh man, but, but um, the, re- the but reaction th- that people have to just being called out of the blue, like, why did you just like call me? Why didn't you like send me an invite to schedule well, that's the cause, call? That's because you're yeah. old. I mean, it's, it's okay. So imagine instead, imagine I got one of those, those ponderous Dan Benjamin texts that was just, we need to talk. And then I said, uh, what do you need to talk, talk about? And then you, you ghosted me, right? That would be very upsetting yeah. to me in the same way that listen to Rachel saying she wanted to email me and then she didn't email me for 20 minutes and I started having heart palpitations. <laughs> I said, Rachel, what are you doing? You can't do this to a person. Uh, people have different calibrations. The, the millenniums apparently don't like doorbells. I don't like doorbells. If it's a, you know what? Here's the thing. If it's a delivery service, like a food delivery thing, you know, as that, I mean, all due respect, I understand you, like you're, you're probably dealing with a lot of Max Temkin types who like wait until the last, or who like call for a lift and then order dessert, which gives me, makes my eye twitch. To oh, think so about. they're, like, I, wait, I don't you're order, saying they're timing it so that the lift will be to, there. Yes, wh- they're used to people. Yeah. And the, come on down the steps now. Come on down the steps before I get there. But I do have an app. I don't think you're going to human engineer that so much better. I mean, I, as soon as I see, I see, okay, your thing is on the way. All right. I'm aware of that. That's cool. I'm, I'm watching that. And then it says, your person is almost there. I go outside. I stand outside and wait for the car. I know not everybody is like that. But, you know, the idea of like, and I've joked about this, of course, before, but the idea of like, I get a bloop that they're almost there. I get a bloop that they've arrived. And then I get a, I get a text that says, I'm here. And it's like... I don't know. For, for, I'm in that uh, Generation X, I guess. I'm between the two generations where it's like, I don't love the overcommunication of the baby boom, but I also don't really don't like the overcommunication of uh, <laughs> the uh, generation, whatever it is yeah. now. What, what, are, what are we calling the youth? Uh, the, the young ones, like our kids, I've only seen them called Generation... Po- I've actually heard them called Post-Millennial. Cause I don't think they haven't yeah. cause millennials are like in their thirties. Yeah. I would just look this up. I had, um, I, I had a, a reason to look this up. I can't remember what the reason was, but there was a, um, there was a nice little chart that just showed you the, the, the date ranges. So the baby boomers were born between, um, uh, 1944 and 1964. And they are now mm-hmm. 55 to 75 years old. Gen X, which is me is 65 to 79 mm-hmm. And they're 40 to 54 years old. Millennials, uh, I guess, which we used to call Gen Y before they had a, a name, were from 1980 to 1994. Mm. And they're 25 to 39 years old. And then I guess the oh, wow. post-millennial or, or Gen Z, I guess we would have to call them, are 95 and 2015. And they're between four and 24 years old. Hmm. Um, well, that's a big range. And, you know, it, it's it's weird because... I'll put this link in the show notes. It's actually pretty cool, but it, it's, it's weird because like there is such a difference. I, and, and again, there is something, Oh, st- I was watching, I showed my son the movie Starman. Um, and, uh, is that Kurt Russell no, uh, that's Jeff Bridges, that? the dude before he was oh, the Jeff dude Bridges, yeah. and, uh, Karen mm-hmm. Allen looking uh, wonderful in this movie. They're both, both mm, such beautiful people in this movie. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so they, um, for people who don't know, Starman is a wonderful, wonderful story about uh, an alien who is, um, winds up, I, I don't want to ruin anything, but he winds up on Earth. I'm not going to go into it. And he takes the, and, and this is a spoiler for the first maybe two minutes of the movie. He takes the form of uh, 
Jeff Bridges playing the alien takes the form of Karen Allen's, Janie Hayden's, uh, uh, deceased husband. And, uh, I won't go into why or how, but, but it's a wonderful story. Uh, and I showed it to my son and he really liked it. And this was a movie that I saw when I was about his age also, uh, in the, in the early mid eighties. And it's this great story. Uh, but it's funny because there are refer and it's hard for me to describe this particular issue that I'm, I'm trying to explain, but that is that mm-hmm. there are, there are references and I can't think of anything concrete either, but this is a movie that came out in, I'm going to say 83, 84 time period. And there are references in this movie to a kind of a, a world that was slowly being replaced. It was the world of the baby boomers being replaced by the world of the Gen Xers. But there are in, mm-hmm. there are baby boomer type feels and references in this movie that make sense to somebody who is a Gen Xer like me. And they might, might make sense to the oldest millennials because the, the age that they were born in that age. And, and I mean, age in the sense of like time period buttresses up and, and connects with the generation that was before it. But all of those references are completely lost for people who are post millennial and, and half right, the millennials. Right, especially if you take it out of the context of the time. Yeah. And it's, it's almost hard to explain there. It's almost an esoteric feeling of things that are just, they're not that way anymore, but things that were mm-hmm. normal then that you've got a guy there uh, chewing tobacco and, uh, and he chews mm-hmm. tobacco and he spits. And my son's like, well, oh, is that, is that chewing tobacco? Like, wh- what is that? <laughs> That's in war games. That's in war yes, games. Yes, you're absolutely right. And like, but we have no reference point for that. I don't, I've known, I knew a guy that, Use chewing yeah. tobacco in the eighties, but I don't know anybody that does well, it now. It's just super, super obvious. My my kid always going like, everybody's right. smoking, like everybody in the is restaurant, in, all of in these the movies. restaurant. Oh yeah, no, you're you're right, and it's it's. Mm, I don't know. This is a little bit of a minefield to get into for all kinds of political and cultural reasons, but you know the. I, I, I to repeat what I just said. It's difficult sometimes to be able to see something the way we saw it, and like. I'm, uh, here's one way to put it is like with stuff that makes you a little bit more woke, like, okay. So you take it to, uh, I'll tell you a big one for me, the movie, uh, the boys in the band. Um, I remember seeing that on TV and finding it incredibly moving at a time when I still used a lot of words for gay people that I would never use today. Um, I, I had a friend that I was pretty sure was gay. He definitely turned out to be hundred percent gay, but like one of my best friends in high school was, you know, had a real hard time fitting in. And uh, I did not have exposure to a ton of gay people. Um, And I certainly did not know a lot about the plight of uh, what people had been dealing with as gay people for years. It was during the AIDS crisis. And I remember, what, probably like 85 or 84, 85, I saw Boys in the Band. And so, but like, it's this movie that's, how do I, how do I do this right? Uh, It's a movie about, about a birthday party with a bunch of gay guys in New York based on the play. The movie looks like a play. It's very campy in some ways. Um, it's also very moving, um, you know, because there's the, all the different types of gay guys in it. Right. (laughs) And I just remember coming out of that movie and being like, wow, that was, that was amazing. I feel kind of different about that. Okay. You show the, you show that movie to somebody today and they're going to be like, you've got to be kidding me. This is so Mm -hmm. offensive. This is all just a bunch of stereotypes about Queens. (laughs) 
and like all of the worst stereotypes about like not wanting to commit and being promiscuous and all the kinds of things that people have spent, you know, decades fighting. And so I'm the, I'm going to be the last person in the world to try and defend that today, but all I can tell you is that hit me at the right, right. time. You know, in the same way that a movie like you can go, okay, and here's another example in the same genres, and the band played on. I bet that movie does not play as well today as it did at the time. Um, but in any case, like that made me, um, at least made me feel differently. I don't know if it made me a better person, but like today, that's not going to be the same movie. And this is true for race stuff. You go back and watch so many movies, whether that's To Kill a Mockingbird or, um, um, you know, um, the Mr. Tibbs uh, movie. Or anything with Sidney Poitier, really, you know, uh, Heat of the Night. Like, there's stuff about that that, like, at the time, it was revolutionary. Just having a black guy star in a movie was such a right. big deal. And I am, I am not trying to rest on the laurels of something that happened in the mid-60s. What I will say is it's difficult, and these are all way more important in terms of, you know, stuff than we need to be talking about. But it's difficult to, you know, to say, like, there was a time when... You watch a movie like The Celluloid Closet, which is, I, I imagine, still a pretty good movie, and how excited so many, uh, I guess, you know, women and especially men um, were, were excited to see, like, horrible portrayals of queens. Chris Sarandon in Dog Day Afternoon. Oh, my God, there's a trans person in a movie. There's a person playing a trans person in a movie in the early 70s. A terrible, horrible, silence of the lambs. Like, not great. But on the other hand, it's some representation. It's terrible representation. But you've acknowledged that I exist. You think I'm a monster, but at least you've acknowledged that I exist. And that's better <laughs> right. than yesterday. Right. I mean, ways. how awful is that? But yeah. But even, you know, and then you can take really trivial examples like New Coke being in Stranger Things. Right. You know? <laughs> and just... the one kid loving it. But, you know, and it's funny you mentioned Stranger Things because it's, it's, there are two things about this last season of Stranger Things that I wanted to mention to you. And the, the, the first one was Netflix has been, I guess they, the, the kids use the word uh, backlash now. There's been backlash against Netflix because they had depictions of people smoking cigarettes in Stranger Things. And oh, oh yeah. my God, how dare you be Ac slightly accurate to the time period. Let's have all the kids wear the bright colors of the eighties and have those silly eighties hairstyles and run around a big, oh, they got so much perfect, a big shopping mall I mean, and everything else. But, the, but don't you think, I mean, like, like it's funny. You got everything almost perfect. Like for once they were playing a song that was actually from that time yeah. and popular at that time, at that time, yeah. that the, the, the candies shoes and like the, the, the styling on the sign at the mall, they got so much right. But you know what? You're not allowed to smoke oh. because we need to act like that didn't happen. Right. We need to, we need to just wipe <laughs> that away from history. Nobody smoked in the eighties. Um, yeah. you know, I, I, I get, I get the point. I don't, but... I don't because honestly, if well, you... like, should everybody in Schindler's list be super nice? Like that's the point of the right. Movie. That's what I'm saying. I don't. I I think they need to show people smoking because people smoked back then. And if you don't like it, that was the beginning of that was the beginning of the end. It smoking, sure was. But it was still very much. I happening. remember very very well in very early college the um the mall that we that had our uh, music store in it that we went to that to that mall and I remember it was like a big deal because music as in guitars or music as in records, records. and. Okay. Like a record bar, or yeah, music land. Yeah, some, it might have been a cam. I can't remember. <laughs> Every mall that I went to it might have been a, a Specs. Uh, oh wow, Specs was very modern to me. 
Yeah. Anyway, so, so you go, you to, the go mall. to and I remember like when they rolled out the new policy, like there's no smoking in the mall now, and it was like a big. This was like a big deal. Like what? People can't yeah. sm- when when they when they banned smoking in um, what's virtually banned in public places here now, but when they banned it in restaurants and bars, understandably there was such a yeah. backlash of like we're going to go under in right. In that's a few where you went to smoke. smoke. If you can't smoke in a bar in San Francisco. <laughs> Like we're going to have to close. It was weird. They didn't, <laughs> they, have to they made it, but you know, like somehow like, yeah. smoking was a big thing in, in the, everybody smoked all the time. Everywhere. This is 1985 is when this yeah. was supposed to take place. The beginning it of the was. End, like, by the early nineties, it was becoming like by the early nineties, we, you started having what, uh, like smoking areas, right? Like where I worked, there was one corner of the building at the job I had in the nineties, we call them the smoking pigs because they always threw their butts on the ground where the smoking pigs could go um, to this corner and, and go outside and smoke like monsters. And you hear the stories about people in New York, like having to go out on a ledge at a high level, like, like, like <laughs> walking out in these precarious areas, you know, it was like the selfies at the time. But you know, I think in the second, <sighs> you can't tell these kids. You can't so tell I think that's dumb. Netflix should not have backlash. Number one. In that case, I um, agree. And yeah. then, see, now I forgot the, se- the second thing. It's always Sorry. two things with you. Mm-hmm. The mm. second thing was, oh, that's right. I read an article the other day talking about how um, people were dumbfounded, millennials, dumbfounded mm-hmm. by the scene with the uh, the room with the red light in it. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Uh, and yeah. what what is the purpose of this? Room that is very dark. With just a red light with on. The red light. Why would they be? And what why are they is, doing it? Why is he so mad when she keeps opening right. the door? And it's, it, this is an yeah. example of like what I was talking about before when to, to people like us, of course it's a dark room. We know what a dark room is. Mm-hmm. It's not even, yeah. it wasn't even, oh, right. I remember dark rooms. It wasn't even like this. Like they're in a dark room. Big deal. So what? At, but for, for an entire generation and beyond, they will never probably know what a dark room was. They will. They don't need to. Well, know. they don't need to know, but they won't ever know. <laughs> then that's the funny thing. You know, I mean, it's it's it feels like a slightly manufactured controversy. I'm trying to think of a similar example of something for our generation. You know, thirty. What is it? Thirty five. Almost forty years earlier. I like. I'm having trouble thinking of one. But like, think about it. Put it in a different way, which is uh, on like like the thing was in what are we talking about there? 1985. Yeah, so my girlfriend in college did a black and white photography class and had to do development, and I would go to the dark room. But like, okay, when, when, how recently have some percentage of the population developed photos in a dark room? How recently? Do you think anybody's, how, how many people do you think are doing that now? Probably not a ton. Yeah, probably very, very small. Okay, so what I'm saying is, like, sort of like that being the end, beginning of the end for smoking, that's also kind of the beginning of the end for darkroom development, right? So I'm trying to think of something from the early 60s that was very close to the end of its life that we would have looked at and gone, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like it's something where, like, oh, you know, there's all tons of people that are doing dark rooms. I'm, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to argue with you, but uh, people love ginning up these, like, Oh, oh, watch this, watch this millennial try to use a cassette deck. Ha ha ha. Like I'm so much more capable than them because I know how to use a cassette yeah. deck. It's great. Well, you can you churn butter too, buddy? Like what? Right. But know, like, what, what did you just but, win? Yeah, no, I know. And at some point you have to say like, you know, 
we don't need to know about this anymore. And I think you're probably right about a dark room, but it's... F- I'm not saying we don't need to know about it. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's odd to bring up bits of culture and technology that have not been relevant to most yeah. people in over yeah. 20 years and then yell at people for not knowing about it. <laughs> you're right. No, you're right. Like the sooner I can, the sooner I can forget about like RCA Ajax, the better that I will be. Yes, yes. I but I don't need my daughter to know how okay, to like but set Ajax, up a RCA Ajax were were something no one ever liked and and we had to deal with for a while. But like dark rooms were cool. We're going to be that way about USB so Dark soon. rooms were cool. USB is going to seem mental. Wait, you're telling me you designed this so that literally 15, 50% of the time, if you don't look, you'll put it in wrong? I'm closer to 70. I don't know how I've managed that. I'm never going to Las Vegas because I can never get it right. And I try to even get a system and I go, should it be seam up or seam down? Well, guess what? It's different on everything. That's insane. Blow it out the airlock. That's terrible. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So uh-huh. dumb. Uh, don't even get me started on this whole, you know, USB-C thing. I'll tell you what's interesting is um, it's, 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 uh, I'm very glad that I've become friends with Alex Cox, who I did another show with, um, you know, and uh, um, uh, there's a lot going on in, uh, for someone of my age, there's a lot going on in Alex's world with regard to, to gender and sexuality and stuff. And sh- it's been so great to have a, a younger person around to like call me on my BS because there's so much stuff that a 52 year old man like me just assumes that she'll be very excited about. Like, Hey, look, Hey, look, there's a thing. That's kind of your thing. Right. And she'll be like, that's the worst. I'm like, what? Like, aren't you excited for representation? And, and there's so many instances where like, first of all, she's a person with a point of her own point of view. She's not, she's not a demographic. She's a person. Mm-hmm. Well, I think now she goes by they. So I'm going to say, they are a person. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. They have their own POV. I'm still getting used to that. Um, but, you know, that's that's good. That's really good that, 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 that that's not a demographic, that that is a human being. Because that's going to really, that's going to get my mind right about assuming how a bunch of people are because of some stuff that I've read. My gosh, how much better this country would be if we all got the opportunity to meet actual people rather than just written accounts of their cohort. Mm. Wow. So wow. Whoa, that's a good yeah. one. Do we have time for the baby question? I need to clear this No, we're done. Man. It's an hour. We're done in an hour. Holy camoly <laughs> listener Brad. <laughs> He's just... <laughs> your baby's going to be in like middle school. Uh, I think it's going to be the, the running joke of this show that every, every week we try to get to this one email and uh, never get there. Did I tell you what Isaac at Gamescape said to me, I said this on Twitter, but I don't think I said the it Isaac this from is, Gamescape. Uh, the <laughs> Isaac. When I was, um, remember two weeks ago or so I went in to get contrast paints. I had to leave early cause I was going to buy stuff. Yeah, from Gamescape. Uh-huh. Anyway, it was a really nice visit. We had a nice chat. Um, he knows a lot about this. Does he know stuff. who you are? And okay. no, he, no one knows who I am. I don't know who I am. <laughs> he, um, he's, <laughs> when I got, when I picked up my glasses at Warby Parker, the guy's like, what do you do? I was like, I make podcasts. He goes, oh, um, yeah, which, uh, tell, me what, tell me what podcast you do. I'll check it out. I said, you know, I prefer that you wouldn't. Um, so I just, <laughs> thank you for, as, as the late, great Kurt Vonnegut, for Kurt Vonnegut said, um, thank you for your sweetly fake detention. There you go. Um, you know what Isaac said to me? I, 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 if you ask me to explain what this means, I will not be able to tell you what this means. But the instant he said this to me, 
I've been thinking about this for two weeks. And I was talking about, oh, yeah, you know, I think I want to get some, um, not Warhammer, because they're oddly expensive, but get some get some ones to, like, practice on. Like, ones that are not super-duper high quality. I don't mind if it's got flashing and seams. Like, give me, I want to get some cheap ones to, like, just practice on. And, you know, it, it bums me out when I uh, had all these questions about, like, oh, the order you should paint it, and how do you do it, and do you recommend this? They say your paint should be thin to the point where they're like, milk, is that really true? And, you know, obviously he's getting that I'm very fretful about not doing this well. What was the exact quote? He said to me, he said, um, he, and he had said that he had heard this recently from somebody. Um, um, just remember, you're not making errors. You're adding information. Not making errors, adding information. You're not making errors. You're adding information. Mm. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but it feels important. <laughs> and it feels even more important when you talk about raising kids. Mm-hmm. You're not making errors. You're adding mm-hmm. information. That's what, I, that's what I'm going to say to listener Brad, because for a hit probably eighth week, we're not going to make it to uh, listener Brad's question. No. Adding, Adding information. information. Oh, one thing. I, Would you think about that for a week, uh, please? Yeah, we'll resume next week. There's two, two quick things I wanted to add before we close it out. One is uh, your friend of mine, Jim Dalrymple, and I have resumed recording uh, Amplified. The show that he and what? I have done did uh, for a while. You're no, we took, me. A, took a short break and, uh, and it's back now. <laughs> Are you serious? That's so well, cool. Well, I had a cold. <gasps> Look, there it is. Amplified 157. Yeah, so, um, oh my God. So we talk about some of the things going on with, with Apple. We talk about the, the whole thing that people worried about people listening to Siri stuff. We talk about the maybe 16 inch, uh, MacBook pro coming out, a bunch of other fun stuff. And Jim's in, in uh, great form on that episode. So we had fun doing it. Fantastic. I'm so happy. I did a program with him for a while and it was so much he's fun. He's great to record Especially with. The music, the music stuff. Oh, he's a lot of fun. So uh, go check that out if you like it. I already pre-recommend this. I'm glad Thank to hear Thank you it. so much for saying that. And the other thing is don't. It's always two things with you. Don't What's the other thing? wash mm-hmm. your field notes. Um, did I talk to you about this already? <laughs> Don't wash your field yeah, did notes. Did I tell you that I accidentally ran a, a field notes through the washing machine and a pair of shorts that I had? Oh, they're generally pretty sturdy, but I don't think the spec includes. No, them. I'm looking for the picture of it. Uh, there it is. Let me let me share this. Was it, I'm guessing it was bad for the little notebook. Was it bad for your clothes? Too? You know, did you get, did you get shreds? It, it, it seemed to have. It's better than a lipstick. Stayed, yeah, it stayed in the pocket, but that's what it wound up looking like. Uh, it should be winging its way to you momentarily, however long. Messages decides to my, take to deliver. My desktop, my desktop um, messages just doesn't send photos anymore. Well, I, dr- I sent it from photos, so who knows what that will do. But anyway, it'll make yeah, it Benjamin. to you eventually. And uh, okay. you'll see what it looks like. I don't so, recommend it. It did destroy the notebook. Um, apparently, oh, no. they make a waterproof version that I didn't know about, but I didn't mean to wash it. It was an accident, and I felt, I felt <laughs> right. like a, a giant... Oh no! Oh no! This looks like something you'd find next to a porno in the woods. Yeah, right. Oh no, poor Massachusetts. Yeah. Oh, this has got to be show oh, art. I'll, I'll use it for show art then. But uh, dang, man, I'm sorry. There, it's a beautiful the pen. Yeah, the pen that I used. Uh, I gotta look up which kind it is, but it the ink for the most part kind of held in place because I use a combination of two different pens when I'm in the office or at home. I use the the one kind of pen. And then when I'm on the go, I use my little Fisher space pen. And both of them, the ink seemed to hold up. So on the pages where the paper didn't completely deteriorate, 
mm-hmm. I could actually read what I had written and I was able to transfer it into a new notebook. This time I'm doing it for Nevada. Um, Nevada. Or Nevada. 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 So that's all I wanted to show, but I will make that show art. And, um, and, and so, you know, uh, PSA, don't wash your field notes. They don't, it won't last. That's a shame. I, I put something in the show notes just now. I, I would not wash these either, but there's a company, I want to say a Scottish company, um, that make this kind of notebook called Write in the Rain. It's a clever name, R-I-T-E in the rain. Oh yeah, no, I've seen those at um, yeah. REI. They're a little bit weird, but if you think you're going to be in moist conditions, mm, right in the rain, uh, they they sell it like at the, I want to say like the container store now, but uh, they're really cool little notebooks. Um, Such small hands. Hmm? So, so <laughs> <laughs> let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man. Yeah.